Gutsies. Even though we ain't got money, ooh, I'm so in love with you, honey, and everything will bring a change of love. In the morning when I rise, you bring a tear of joy to my eyes and tell me. I'm off. You are? I was, yeah. Everything's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. Yes, dude. End of the year. Potty pod for the boys. <laughs> End of the year for the boys and girls. It's for the boys and girls and for the uh, girls and boys. We're taping this early, but I think technically this will come out the 29th. So 28th. 28th. Today. Uh, happy 28th and almost. <laughs> well, it is. Almost the end of uh, 2020. Yeah. Man, what a year it's been. Um, but I would like to talk a little bit about why we started with that song because that song was very special, and the artist who sings that song is very special. Jules, do you want to talk about your love? And uh, we all have Kenny Loggins stories. Steve, you got Kenny Loggins stories too. Absolutely. Steve's Kenny Loggins stories. Wait, well, I don't even like calling him Kenny Loggins. It sounds too official. K Logs. Yeah, it's K Logs. K Logs, baby. Um, K Logs is the best man. I got a, I got a super. Super sweet spot in my heart for K-Logs. I wish I could have chest bumped him. You pulled me back. <laughs> Didn't do it. Uh, but there's still time. Yeah. W- uh, to dive into that um, nugget of weirdness that Julian just dropped, I did a <laughs> show in New York at Carnegie Hall. It was like a tribute night for Aretha Franklin. Kenny Lo- K-Log, sorry, I don't mean to... Yeah, watch yourself. Yeah, don't diss, dude. I don't mean to names playing. <laughs> <laughs> don't diss. Being a full namist. Uh, Kenny Loggins was on... Okay, fuck. K-Logs was on the gig. CeeLo was on the gig. Um, there was a bunch of like old, like, like uh, classic Motown people, because it was an Aretha Franklin tribute, so there was all these and probably like, legendary Who people. else was on it? Alan. The, I remember <laughs> this guy, Ron Pope, who one of my ex-girlfriends used to love so much. He's just, like... Probably not that cool, but he, he was, was a sweet. He was he was super nice, super sweet man. I love him. Yeah, he was really cool. I saw a show of his. Anyways, we I called Jules. It, the show is at Carnegie Hall in New York City. I go, Jules. Hey, I got this sweet gig. Uh, you should come. It's gonna be at Carnegie Hall. Uh, it, it's a Aretha Franklin tribute. He's like, you gonna you gonna take me out for uh, dessert afterwards? Right. Duh. Creme I said, brulee, dude. I only wanted creme brulee. Baked I said, yeah, bro. They're put they're putting me up in a nice hotel. I'll let you. You can have a sleepover, and we can get milk duds. Oh, dude, we've done that plenty of times. So uh, we, he calls me back like two and a half hours later, and he's like, bro, I checked out the flyer. K-Logs is on the gig. <laughs> I'm in. And then proceeded to text me like the entire month leading up <laughs> to, to the concert. Bro, 250 250 bucks says I can get K-Logs to chest bump me. <laughs> it's like, there's no... First of all, I'm now reconsidering my offer of letting you come to the concert. You had better not try and chest bump K-Logs. <clears throat> uh, then I think it turned into like, no, I'm going to get him to... He's going to ride on my back. I'm going to give him a piggyback ride. My goodness. And uh, <laughs> so... Should, should be able to happen. It should. We're backstage, and CeeLo's on stage singing. Now, Carnegie Hall is tiny. Like, all the backstage areas, performers 
back when they built Carnegie Hall, must have all been like four foot tall. Because the backstage area is tiny. Jules uh, is backstage. The entire cast of people who have are playing the show are backstage. And Kenny Loggins is standing right in front of me. Julian's right on my side. Kenny Loggins turns around to me and he said, I forget what he said. He said some super nice, like, musical thing, like, hey, man, that was super ni- I really enjoyed your song. You hit, like, a high A over a flat C or something. And I was like, fuck <laughs> if I know what that means. <laughs> Julian, the whole time, I'm holding his arm like this, like, just grabbing him because I can see it in his eyes. He's like, this is my chance. I'm getting the bumps, dude. I'm getting the chi bump. CB. <clears throat> Luckily, he didn't. Luckily, he did not. He did not do it. He did not ask Kenny Loggins for a chest bump or a piggyback ride. But CeeLo got off stage after his song, just murdered it, right? For all four feet of him, wide and tall. And uh, he goes, "Hi, ah, man. That was fun. Now, somebody direct me to the finger foods." <laughs> I told I told everybody, man, that I did chest bump K logs, and I just think I'm gonna stick to that story, even though now it's out in the public. You I'm just, just like to carry the lie on. Yeah, you know, sometimes you do that. There I was a couple things. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, there was a um, st- uh, a song that I sang so much. Mm-hmm. I'll sing it for you guys in a second. But I thought I had invented it uh, because I had been doing it since I was a kid. Sure, sure, sure. And it wasn't until our friend Steph Travers uh, corrected me and was just like. Dude, I definitely heard that song when I was a kid, too. I was like, no, you didn't. I wrote this song right, when I was right, a kid. Right. It goes like this. Well, I walked downtown, and I walked around the block, and I walked right into a donut shop, and I picked three donuts right out of the grease, and I gave the lady a five-cent piece. Well, she looked at the nickel, and she looked at me, and she said, this nickel ain't no good to me. There's a hole in the middle, and it goes right through. Well, I said, there's a hole in the donuts, too. You thought you wrote that song? Convinced. <laughs> I thought I invented your mama jokes until about sixth grade. <laughs> I, I thought I had invented this until like I was 29 years old. <laughs> Steph was just like, dude, you didn't write that song. <laughs> she if, like, anybody, anybody listening to this, if you can uh, find the author of that tune yeah. uh, and a recording of it, that would be very nice. We're going to put it. It's just so funny how you do that. Some, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a compulsive liar, but like I definitely believed in my own lies before. Mm-hmm. Even maybe the Kenny Loggins one, I was just like, okay. <sighs> K-Logs. Uh, you did not g- even come close no, to chest bumping K-Logs. No, I know, but I, I had said that I did for, s- for so many years. I'll, I'll carry that yeah. flag for you. Yeah, yeah but we, we do that. Know. I mean, who doesn't put a little bit of salami on the sandwich every so often? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we both do. I do lot. it. I think you put salami on the sandwich of the story that you just told about the story. Yeah, when the first, the bet started at 50 bucks, and now it's 250 so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, I oh, was no. just—I I think what happened was just that we saw CeeLo walk off, say finger foods, and I was just like, "Oh my god, Alan, that's K Logs." He was like, "Bro, don't talk to him." I was just like, "All right, no, K Logs." <laughs> the truth comes out. No, I definitely want to absolutely not. K Logs sure. was standing right in front of us for the like, whole for performance. two and a half years. Julian was hitting me up with the text. <laughs> you, I'm coming. K Logs is on the bill. But that's an interesting—that's an interesting uh, deep dive, though. Yeah. Where you put. The, the the mustard on a story because yeah. you can't like to me the selling point of that story was CeeLo coming off stage and going somebody direct me to the finger foods like that's the funny part yeah right but there's all these other little like 
valleys and hills in that story that like I exaggerated a little bit, mm-hmm. like the amount of money that we bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fluff the nuance, fluff the nuance. Yeah. Right, like the 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 bits that don't really count for the right. like clarity of the story. I think right. you, I think it's okay to throw a little bit of. It is throw and a little bit of. I think so too. Day, we do it a lot. Julian chest bump K logs. I chest bump K logs. That's what I take out of that. But story. that's a lie. What? What I'm saying that is like if you if we, but if we said that, then the story's not true. But if I say no, like you could just for turn it two in. years, Julian was texting me three times a day. I don't feel like that's changing enough of the story for it to be a lie. But if you tell people that you chest bump K-Logs, that's a lie because you didn't. I think if we just said that I chest bump K-Logs, there's going to be no going back and like making sure that was true or not. And it just makes me look cool. And that's all I really want. That's what I want too, but you didn't do it. So what? I also didn't hit you up for three months talking about Steve, when I have the text chain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hearing some crumblies in my earphones. Does that mean anything, or are we good? It's just your headphone jack. You promise? Dude, I hope so, man. Because I want to let everybody know this is our third time. This is our third time trying to get this specific end-of-the-year podcast. And There's ghosts up here, and they're trying to fudge Don't. You just said the one word. Ghosts? Yeah, you don't say ghosts or fudge. You don't say ghosts and fudge in the same thing. Ghosts say say it six times. It doesn't count if you're talking. If you're talking about a thing, you can say the thing. Like K-logs and chest what? bumping? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just you not. Can't. I love how Alan like, won't let me like, have no. chest bumping K-logs anymore. It's not happening. It's all good. I'm going to chest bump somebody cooler. You know, <laughs> <laughs> who do you think right now like you Would. could you could call up and get like do you know well enough that you could get a chest bump from? What, like celebrity-wise? Yeah, just like somebody that you could get a chest bump from that you would be like, that is fire. Bro. Probably because we're getting so popular on this podcast, I could probably hit up like Luke Wilson and be like, "Bro, no, you have to know them." I'm talking like reality. Nobody, bro. Mine would be Matthew Lillard, <laughs> my friend. That's pretty good. Miles yeah. Telly. Maybe if you get a chest me. bump from Miles Teller, I, I could definitely get a chest bump from Miles Teller. Done, dude. Miles, and that's the best one you got. Chest bump me, <laughs> Steve. What's yours? K-Logs, well, you, probably. K-Logs, probably. You did a gig with K-Logs. Yeah, did a gig with K-Logs. Didn't chest bump him. Do you guys want to have an episode where all we do is name drop how many cool people we've hung out with before in our lives? Mine would be John, o- mine would be John Oates. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he came into your dressing room that one time when we when I was on tour with you, and he was just sat down and was just like, Hey, Al, how you doing? And we were just like, you were fine about it. I was peeing and pooping in my britches. <laughs> just like, dude, what is this guy doing? He's like, he came in, talked about Hunter S. Thompson and how he was his neighbor for like. Oh, you were there so that like, yeah. that day? Yeah, yeah that was so talked cool. Talked about how like his child's like, uh, <clears throat> how his child's like the first uh, experience with death was Hunter S. Thompson for his kid. Like Crazy. Yeah, it was a pretty gnarly Wait, story. Wait, I don't remember that part of the story. Yeah, he, I mean, I could be is this, incorrect on this. <laughs> is this you bumping K-Logs part of the story? <laughs> no, not, not at all. He came into your dressing room when, when I was on tour with you when you were playing with Hall & Oates. Right. And he just graciously kind of, I think he had some time between his set or something, and he just passed through your dressing room and just kind of was like, hey, he like had a book that he had written that he w- wanted to like pass off to you or something yeah, like that. Yeah, his, his uh, autobiography. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, you picked his brain a little bit about something, and, and then one thing led to another, and he started talking about growing up cause i think you asked him where he lived and then he said yeah you know i was i i was uh 
neighbors with Hunter S. Thompson for yeah. like 20 years or however long it was. And he said his um, his son's four daughter, his child's first experience with death was seeing Hunter S. Thompson after he'd passed away. Wow. Oh, shit. I didn't. Yeah, which was just like. That's really heavy. Jeez, man. But like, Hunter S. Thompson mine was, mine was died like, like 10 years ago, didn't he? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I don't know. You could fact check it, but I don't Curious know. How was, old I just John's remember that being a story. Kids are. Um, yeah, you could chest bump him. I think that would be probably the. I'm trying to think of who, who else like I could actually see in public somewhere and be like, "Hey, dude, this is a, a this is a weird request." But me and my buddies have this long-standing bet going on. It's about 250 bucks. <laughs> whoever two, whoever uh, gets uh, the <laughs> whoever gets the coolest <laughs> chest bump wins. Is it is is there like a deal for the coolest dude, chest Pete bump? Pete Carroll would chest bump you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Petey Carroll's would be rad. Yeah, Who he'd else? Knock you on your ass. <laughs> yeah, dude, those big Put old. Work. Those Hunter big S. Thompson old passed away thumpers. in Colorado in 2005. So it's 10, uh, 15 years so ago. It's five years ago. <laughs> Six and a half months <laughs> ago. And a half days. Last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pete Carroll will give me a chest bump. Um, Do you think he'd give me one too, just for being your friend? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think like <laughs> that's what I that's what I assume. That's the funny thing about being your friend is that I just assume that like everybody that likes you likes me back. Yeah, and it's not true. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> isn't it? John, no. dude, it was we, we got to go. How about you guys listening right we, now? We I'm got to be listening for Alan Stone, but don't you like me? No, everybody loves you, but I, I, mean, I think, it, yeah, you assume that everybody that I know. Knows you. I just assume in general, not even because of you, like in general in my life, that I assume that like everybody likes me, <laughs> which That's is a, a problem. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, it's thing. because I like everybody. Right. So like I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Right. So, like, right. I don't dislike anybody, even if they come in and they're like a- obviously an asshole. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, man, this guy's this guy needs to like have a, a, have a heart to heart. He little let's chat. Bump. Let's let's chest bump and chat. <laughs> let's freestyle and then chest bump. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I um uh took my brother John to a Seahawks game like we got to go on the field before the sh- the game and uh watch practice and and all that and um <laughs> John's so adorable man Jermaine Curse you know used to play for the mm-hmm. Seahawks incredible wide receiver I think he just retired this last year but he's a really cool cat and he would always come over and like give me love, mm-hmm. you know, and and like after scoring a teed. No, like during, <laughs> just during warmups. Like, essentially, I think what happens is the Seahawks will like allow, you know, like the few times I've been down there, like Dave Matthews was down there and Macklemore was down there and uh, Joel McHale. Joel McHale's always down on the field, and so they, you know, they try to get people that look Seattle. Yeah, from the Seattle that are like Seattle's quote unquote celebrities, fingers up in the air. I don't know how the hell I got down there. Yeah, uh, but I was uh, good friends with Pete's assistant, who is kind of the liaison for all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jermaine Curse would always come over and like give me love, which was like super cool. And one time, Jermaine Curse like just starts walking over towards me and like holding his hand out, right? Yes. And John 
just like gets right in front of me and just bats him, dude. Hell yeah, dude. He's like, what up, Jermaine? Yeah. And Jermaine, I mean, he's sweet. Jermaine's just like, what's up, man? You know, but like, obviously was not meant for John. Yeah, right, dude. And John just cruises in. He's like, bro, you dub, son, you dub. Yes, dude. John's got the sweetest disposition of the all, all the men I've ever met. Sweetest disposition. What a and, guy. And, uh, and, then, and then afterwards, like after I batted him and, you know, it, it was fine. John, like, kind of, I think, got it. After Jermaine like yeah, yeah, yeah. passed him and went to me, and John was like, "Oh shit!" He like pulled me aside. He's like, "Did I did I mess did up there?" Mess that up? No, dude, you're you're so hilarious. Been part of many a uh, wave that wasn't to me, and I wave back just because oh, naturally yeah. you do that. And you're just <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no, that Oops. person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't for me. I went to a Seahawks game with you once. I wish I wish the story was appropriate enough to tell oh on this podcast. Oh my god, we can't, dude. I know. I wish it was. I uh, mean, we we're just giving the people some some little snip snip bits now. It's teaser time, but damn, dude, that was it's probably one of my favorite stories of you. Easily the most nerve-wracking event of day of my life. Without going too far deep into it, Alan lost <laughs> uh feeling in his legs and had to sing the national anthem after yeah. a night of a bender. I I had a I had a a, an, an interesting evening of barbiturates <laughs> and barbiturates. My barbits. I've never. This has never happened to me before, again, ever in my life. But the front of my shins, like the muscle that keeps your foot, like that makes you raise your feet up and down. Yeah. <coughs> stopped working, and so I <laughs> couldn't pick my feet up Loppin'. when I was walking. Oh my God. And I just kept tripping over myself, like over the front of my feet. <laughs> and I called Julian. I'm like, bro, I got to sing the national anthem. It's <laughs> like a playoff game. At a Seahawks, At a Seahawks game. game. First of all, the national anthem, su- like God bless America. I love the net, na- But performing the national anthem, you don't win. Yeah, yeah. You can't win. All you can do is lose. Totally. You go, <clears throat> if you say one word wrong. Or you do one run wrong, or you miss one note, you're done for the rest of your life. Straight to Rikers. Straight to Rikers. And then if you kill it, (laughs) nobody gives a shit. They're like, oh, game on. Oh, another person sang that perfectly. Yeah, another person sang the song that has to be sung before every game. So you're already nervous to begin with, but it was kind of like a milestone. They asked me to do it, and I was like, oh, you know, I want to prove to myself that I can stand in front of 70,000 people and Mm -hmm. sing the most awkward song ever. Yeah. You don't say no to that. Well, I have many times since. I've have said you, you, yeah, you every the season Seahawks they playoff game. They ask you every season. They ask me every season oh, well. and I say no. Oh yeah, right, Julian will take it next time. But, yeah, but I'll take it. no, I, I don't say just show up dressed in your <coughs> Halloween costume. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work with the schedule. Um but I don't jump on the opportunity to sing the national anthem because of that specific reason. Like I don't think you can it, it, you don't win. Like, the only thing that can happen is bad stuff. Mm. Like, Fergie just did the national anthem at, like, a Lakers game. Mm-hmm. Oh, she got removed from the Black Eyed Peas. It's <laughs> <laughs> kicked her out of the band. I mean, it's, what did it's, they the, it's the honor. Anyways, I couldn't feel <laughs> – I couldn't pick my feet up, and I had to walk out to the middle of the, sta- of oh the field. It was – one and of the greatest things. If you've, ever, <laughs> if you've ever, if you've ever tried to walk to the beach with flippers on, right. that's exactly walk what was happening. You gotta like pick your feet. Yeah. I was picking my feet up three feet higher than normal. I was like high stepping out to the middle of yeah. of the field. A it was incredible. On a song. 
my I my poor dad. Played. I was like, Dad, something happened to my legs. Like my dad used to coach cross country. Like Dad, something happened to my my legs. I can't pick my feet up. I need you to get a bottle of lotion and rub me down before the game. My dad. We're in the green room. My dad's just like rubbing out my shins. Cause he used to have um, his runners would get uh, shin splints, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would just rub them out. And I was like convinced that that was gonna help. Didn't help at all. Oh my god. I didn't. I couldn't lift my feet up for like a month. I was tripping over myself for like a month on stage, like. My, my band, I, I told my band what happened. They were, they were every show. They were laughing their ass, which just waiting for me, oh <laughs> fall yeah. on my ass. If 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 the people only knew, oh my god, what, what, what circumstances led to to, the, to it all happening, it would be even better. Um, that was absolutely hilarious and one of the greatest moments of you in my life, dude. I had I've another another super funny story that popped into my head uh, about tripping. Uh, we were playing a show in. Tennessee actually this is right oh my god this is a series of stories that I can tell right now do it so we are playing a show in Tennessee this is like a few weeks after meeting Taz in Australia we've flown back to the states we got a couple more gigs in the states before like the end of the year kind of wraps or at least the end of some time so I fly back we got a show in Tennessee uh I I'm like, I, first of all, really dig this girl. Also, Australia is the shit. I want to go back there and hang out. So I book a flight in like a week in Australia for me and my buddy uh, Elliot. Elliot. And I'm in Tennessee playing this last gig. And um, it's like pouring rain. No, excuse me. It's not. Is it pouring rain? I forget why we had to leave the stage. I think it started pouring rain. We all had to exit the stage. And this stagehand, <laughs> this poor guy, is busting his ass to, like, run out and grab, like, an yeah. amp or a mic so that it is not in the rain. And, bro, there's 10,000 people out on the stage. Or not on the stage, but in the, in the audience. Uh -huh. He is full sprint, bro, from the side of the stage trips and like pete rolls pete rose belly slides across the whole front of the stage yeah. does like the ridiculousness <laughs> like where his legs come up over his head you know like the what do they call it a, a, a scorpion it was so and i mean everybody just erupted this poor kid was just humiliated but we got back on stage and you know right after that and everybody's still kind of like chuckling, you know, bro. I felt good about this one. I came to the, I came to the, to the mic. Everybody quieted down, and I went safe. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, and everybody erupted, and it was funny. And he, and I looked at him, and he was like, and he was having a jolly good time. I saved him, I think. So, my a friend of mine, who lives in Tennessee, had brought some, some weed. To like give to the band and allow smoke weed, hell yeah! Oh shit! Dude. Well, I used to smoke a lot of weed. I now don't smoke as much weed anymore. I will enjoy some CBD every so often. You get the giggles. I love the gigs, bro. <laughs> um, so my friend brings some weed and uh gives it to me to like give out to the band. And um, the next day I'm flying out of. Tennessee to LA 
to Australia. So the next morning, uh, I go through all my stuff and I'm like looking for this weed that I know my friend had brought me because I'm like, I'm not, I'm, you know, you check your bag for that stuff before you take off. You don't want to run into any trouble going through borders. So <clears throat> I search high and low the whole thing. Can't find it. So I'm like, oh, ho, oh, ho. see ya. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I can't find it. So I'm like, well, I must've just gave it away to somebody or something, or he took it back or I don't know where it did, you know, whatever. Zip my bag up, take the flight, fly all the way to LA, pick up my buddy Earl. We get on the flight. We're like, yes, dude, this is going to be awesome trip together. Uh, Earl Elliot was like an old friend and we had just like kind of rekindled our friendship. So that was going to be really fun for us. So we get into Brisbane and I look the way that I look and Elliot is like, he has a dread on the back of his head that goes all the way down to his butt. And he wears like hammer pants. He looks like a, he looks like a washed up DJ kind of incredibly talented soccer player and coach and hilarious human being, but just like, he's a wild dresser. Mm -hmm. Both he and I roll into Brisbane with a ticket that says we're only going to be there a week. And so the passport agents are like, bro, why you, you're here for a week. And I had this like huge, you remember that green bag I used to travel oh, yeah. with Steve, you course, probably lifted yeah, it in yeah. and out of shit. It's like a casket. Yeah. I got that bag and a guitar and he's got a bat, you know, so they're like, why do you have such a big bag? You only come here for a week. I'm like, listen, you know, I'm a musician. I've been on the road for six months leading up to this. It's just all my shit. Okay, okay, okay. So they pull me aside and Elliot aside. They throw my bag on the table. They're going to search it. Yeah. And I'm like, I totally get it, fellas. Completely understand why you would search me. Go for it. You're, you're not going to find anything, but go for it. Goes through everything, rifling out, takes my shoes out, takes toiletries out, everything. Cool. All right, you're good. Throws it back in. Let's me go. We meet up with Taz. <clears throat> we get to her apartment. We have like a full night there, and then the next night we're gonna go out. We're gonna go like dancing or something. I pull this boot out, like my my boots that I'm traveling with. <laughs> go to put my right foot in the boot. I can't, there's something in there. Pull out the entire jar of weed oh, that he had given me. And, bro, this gate agent, like, this, I was this close to never getting to spend any time with my wife, never right. getting back in right. Australia, uh, never getting married, never having, like, this close. <laughs> the guy took that shoe, I remember he took the shoe out, threw it on the table. Wow. And that thing just stayed in there. It didn't fall out. I got so, like, that close, that much, that lucky <clears throat> in that moment. And, um. We pulled it out, and I was like, oh, my God. That's the last time I take weed from as gifts from people ever. <laughs> I did the same thing with you after some party that we had at uh, your house. I came – I came. you gave us all, like, goodie bags of, like, a Sunday through Monday pillbox. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was, like, uh, echinacea, uh, vitamin C, um, a little bit of magnesium – CBD. A nug of weed, yeah. uh, a, a tab of acid, some <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> and it was like kind of a joke, but it was also like, well, what, a pill of Molly. Welcome, welcome like to my, welcome to my party. Yeah, yeah, welcome to my party. So like, obviously that was just for show, and we the, like the 
the drugs were plentiful throughout the party wherever it was and so I didn't need to open up that that little baggie so I just like threw it on the top of my um my carry-on bag and yeah I got back to New York and I like just was unpacking and that pill box was right on the top of my carry-on bag like full yeah of everything yes yeah. <laughs> like oh my god dude like I just they didn't open the bag I didn't do anything I have no idea how I got by with that but I wonder how insane. many times if you were able to quantify it, you've like narrowly escaped disaster without even knowing it. Yeah. Like I, I left, I, oh man, it took me an extra three seconds to tie my shoes and I, you know, somebody r- ran a stop. Like I'm yeah. curious if you could, if there was a way to quantify that, how many times you've actually just like narrow, narrowly There's escaped. There's not obviously, but in a different universe, if that was possible, just get themselves into trouble yeah. easier. Than you, me, me, yeah, you me have. And to- you me and Tony were like, uh, uh, what's it called when they uh, I- interrogated by the feds in Florida when we came off a cruise because of two seeds of weed that we brought with us because we were like, we're gonna plant a weed tree oh, from Jamaica, <laughs> yeah, <a> weed farm, <laughs> and we just, we got interrogated, my mom had to, my mom worked for the cruise line, and had to convince the federales that me and Tony were s- socially inept, and that, <laughs> she didn't want to lose her job, she was like, I'm going to lose my job over my two dumbass kids, yeah. so oh, she was yeah, like, hey, yeah. my kids are like, Mentally unstable. <laughs> 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 not out of it. Not a hard sell. Not yeah, a hard not sell. Dog. Tony and I were just sitting there, like looking at her, like. And she's like, "See, look at these fucking idiots." Oh my god, <laughs> We had a. Was it w- was it trip. when Tristan was in in New York or Jamil in New York that you got arrested for? Yeah, like, that was when I was with when Jamil was in New York. And so we get, I get a, <laughs> I'm in New York at the same time as Jams, and I get a call from Jamil. And he's like, yeah, dude, um, Julian got arrested. I'm like, what? How did he get arrested? I mean, it's not that outside of the realm of possibility, but, like, what did he do? They're like, well, apparently he had, like, a warrant out for his arrest because of, like, an open container ticket? Or what, what was Are it? Are you asking me? Yeah. It's, yeah, it, tell it, that story. It was just I, ha- I got an open container violation, <clears throat> $25 ticket when I first moved to New York because I was drinking, like, a – Miller Lite on a stoop of an apartment and a cop came over and handed me a ticket and I was like oh it's 25 bucks whatever I'll deal with it later well I'd never dealt with it yeah so five years later or however many years later uh I got pulled over again and I was with Jamil this time and we had Coronas walking from like the 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 corner bodega on the street to my apartment great choice Ooh, dude, Presbyterian Deli, dude. Shout out. That place makes the best sandwiches, dude. I'm so hungry right now, dude. I want a buffy chicky. I want a chicky boo boo from Chipotle. Sandwiches are so nice. But anyways, Jamil and I were walking out. The the guy in the store was like my my dude, so he would like open us up beers and we'd drink them in the in the place while he was making our sandwiches. And we walked out and sure enough, this big van, this NYPD van pulls up and what are you guys drinking? I'm like, oh, Jamil, don't worry about this, dude. Like, I've gotten a – it's like a $25 violation, dude. Like, I'll pay for it for you. It's fine. He's just like, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, what are you guys drinking? I'm like, oh, it's just Corona. Sorry, man. Like, you can write me up a ticket. It's all good. <laughs> they, like, take our licenses and go back to the car and come back. And uh, 
the guys like one of the one of the officers because there's like twelve of them around us because they're coming in this van and one of those officers is like don't worry man I'll get you out of this summons like you're not gonna have to worry about anything like it's not gonna be that big of a deal it's it's a small f- infraction. He comes back to me and he's just like, hey man, remember how I told you I was gonna get you out of that summons? I was like, um, yeah. Are, you just are, said are, it. Are you, yeah. are you gonna? He's just like. Well, I'm going to, but I got to take you to jail first. <laughs> you got a warrant out for your arrest, buddy. Put your hands behind your back. You got the right to remain silent. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Why? Well, you didn't pay that $25 ticket the first time. So you had a warrant mm-hmm. because of not mm-hmm. paying or not showing up to your court date. Mm-hmm. The same thing that I didn't go, that I, th- that happened five years before. I just didn't pay the ticket. And I had, and I had to go, like, through, I had to go sit at the precinct, stay until like five or six in the morning and then get transported to Manhattan Corrections and spend a whole other like 36 hours in Manhattan Corrections with like 25 dudes just like looking at me (laughs) fucking like, bitch, I'm about to fuck you (laughs) (laughs) You you don't belong in here. Fuck, man. I had to, remember having to take a fucking poop and it's just like an open toilet (laughs) with several guys several there were plenty of guys just that's hard that's hard to do they like threw us um sandwiches like baggy sandwiches under the door because we had to eat right were they any good hell no dude they taste like kitty litter all over the (laughs) it's like fucking like sandpaper on your sad i use i i i I calculated a 185 dollars in collect calls from the payphone in the in the cell to my ex-girlfriend I called her literally like every 15 minutes. I was like, <laughs> baby, <laughs> please. I had to tell these guys I'm in here for assaulting K-Logs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they don't beat me please up. come in here and save me. Dude, this how like, hard is it to poop in front of people? I didn't do it. I was just like, I'm just going to hold this. And then I get know, backed I, up. When I'm on the road, I get like, I'm a nervous pooper. And so I'll not poop for like three, four days because yeah. I don't have yeah, like a toilet. a hotel room. Yeah, until there's, like, my own bathroom, which sounds really, as I say it out loud, I'm like, what a baby back bitch. But it sounds dangerous. Well, no, I mean, like, there's plenty of really nice toilets on the road. That no, I just mean the whole, the whole <laughs> hoarding it for four days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that how you that's have the right. high notes? Is it pushing on your diaphragm? I hope. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's <laughs> Samson's locks right there. <clears throat> but I don't understand I mean, it's not intentional and during that time i don't have moments where i'm like oh god i gotta like i don't feel constipated mm. i just never hit a point where i'm like oh i gotta go when i'm at home every morning i'm like i gotta yeah. go we gotta, you know figure this out but well, i christen every show you play first thing so well i appreciate that nice dude yeah, yeah do you sign the bathroom i'll leave a mark i feel like there is a special Corner of hell reserved for people who write on bathroom stall. <laughs> I like, fucked here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> little miss. Because I'm like, oh, first of all, who has just Sharpies on them when, like, walking around? And secondly, like, if you're in, because it's usually in, like, these trucker toilets that are awful. Or like, venues I want to get out of there as quick as possible. Yeah. Somebody sits down and, like, draws this, like, intricate, like, v- mural of a wiener. I'm like, bro, how much time did you spend in here? Lots of time. Not going to lie, dude. I kind of dig it. I always enjoy looking yeah. at that stuff. I always laugh. Really? It's like, what's yeah, I up? I'm just like, oh, I hate like, it. People, yeah, people that say what's up <laughs> or just like something that's so like <laughs> ambiguous to any. It's just like, uh, 
want to party too bad it's just like what the, wh- like what is that sentiment <laughs> too bad, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> i i don't i don't like it i mean i think i just think about the whoever owns the bathroom must every time you come in the bathroom you're like god dang it yeah well it's, it's like it's, i have i'm required by law to have this bathroom because i own a public space yeah. and these can assholes get come in here and decide to write some stupid non-needed thing all over my bathroom wall i gotta hire somebody to come in here and paint over it my 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 favorite is when like somebody writes a, a statement that's like offensive and then somebody else like crosses out yeah. a word of it yeah, and then yeah. like writes their own word in it and then somebody else comes in and starts like right and then it like becomes this whole like telephone turns game into a thing. Haiku. Yeah. <laughs> just turns into like this whole like <laughs> argument to people who are never gonna meet who like are never gonna like correct each other because it's just like new people coming I like, and writing new things on top i don't of like it but that same thing happened i think is funny when it's like yo for a good time call this number and it puts the number there and then it's somebody cross out that number put a different number underneath it cross out that number yeah. put a different number yeah, and it's yeah. like 40 numbers on it i always put julian number yeah i've put your number in a lot of bathrooms i've answered the calls man (laughs) (laughs) i've showed up to the party yeah hey is this uh is this julian gavilanis there's a harsh one going around venues uh a lot of these like mid-sized venues it was for a long time it was the singer of keen has a tiny penis was written in like every men's room in every (laughs) venue who's keen the band keen Oh, like K-E-A-N-E? Yeah. So, like, in tons of bathrooms and venues, like this size you were playing. What was this? It was written in in multiple of them, so it's like someone was, like, on tour doing that. Oh, mercy. (laughs) What was the – they had a great song off that first record. That first record had a big hit on it. Uh, It's also, though, like, you're putting that in a men's bathroom, and, like, only men are reading that. It's not like you're, like – Offending this guy, unless I mean, unless he's a gay guy, which to right. that point, I'm sure he doesn't still. Care. But isn't the small <laughs> penis thing just a competition amongst men? Like I tell, rare, I tell everybody that I got a small penis because it honestly, like, even if I do, it just like makes me <laughs> makes me win because it's just like I got a big dick. Cool. No, you don't. Right, you but that don't. but that whole s- <laughs> argument and sentiment is kind of only matters amongst men. I never, sure. you never, you never. Like, see, I mean, typically, from what I gather from the uh, the enjoyer, like the um, the the folk who enjoy penis, is that the size doesn't matter. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. I don't. Know. I, don't I mean, I, I, I it depends. No, but that like so that that to me makes the, <laughs> makes sense as matter. that to me makes sense as to why. It, you would put it in a men's bathroom. Yeah, yeah. It's lead it singer from in the ladies' rooms. I always use the ladies' room, honestly. So it's, it's always nicer. Yeah, when you Less go to a venue, like when you're at a load in before someone maybe is cleaned anything. There. Yeah, you go in ladies for sure. Oh yeah, Dude, men men are disgusting. Ladies can be too sometimes. They can. Man. I've gone into some they ladies' can. rooms. I used to bus at like I used to bus at uh, Brooklyn Bowl in New York. Oh in Brooklyn. wow. God, dude, the ladies' room would be way worse than the guys' room. <laughs> really? Just, oh, fucking. Oh, yeah. It was insane. That was my – and, like, I've talked to women before. They're like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, women's bathrooms are some of the worst, especially at venues. Mm-hmm. So I get, like, you know, going before – I think it's of more of in. the amount of 
piss that's on a seat or the floor, sure. you have to just spend five minutes cleaning it in a men's yeah. room, opposed to the ladies' room where you don't really have to worry about dunking your pants onto the ground and then coming up and having them be sopping wet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we just assume that like all girls are like tidy and nice and they ain't when they're getting <laughs> drunk. <laughs> no, no, they're not. For no. sure. Oh. For sure. 2020's over, boys. It's gone. What's your uh what's your rewind um uh, synopsis of 2020 jewels damn dude uh well i let me move this closer to my <laughs> mouth <laughs> it's just it's like is it bothering you that's listening right now if i talk from here or if i talk from here does it make a diff i hear it you hear it i hear the difference we'll leave it in the comments leave it in the comments <laughs> um yeah uh you know this year has been a very a very interesting one for all of us, I think. My year started out with a breakup, which was super weird. Like what part of the year? Uh, January? Yeah, at the end of January. Yeah, mm. I went through a breakup. and So that was kind of at the forefront of my mind for the first... I mean, it's still kind of there sometimes, you know? Yeah. But that uh, kind of consumed a lot of my... Um, a lot of my brain space for a while because I was just trying to navigate how to kind of get through that. But I think at some point once, because that was even prior to COVID hitting, and once COVID hit, there was something really beautiful for me personally, outside of all of the tragedy that was happening around the world, that al- allowed me to kind of reframe my interests about what I was doing with my creative self, because no longer did I have the opportunity to continue auditioning and doing the thing that I was doing out in New York which was kind of just like pounding the pavement and being the the actor out there that I was that I was uh, constantly trying to be and it, it was really refreshing to kind of take a step away from that and to ask myself what what why I was even doing it to begin with and if I'm not able to do it then how how else am I going to try to kind of satisfy that creative need for myself mm-hmm. And there was a lot of really interesting things that I started doing creatively for myself that didn't, you know, really provide any financial gain whatsoever, but really, really did satisfy this, like, this, this part of my, my uh, brain that I, that I hadn't really tapped into that much. And I think that has kind of set me into this new pursuit of, of creating and producing art for myself Mm. and doing things, um, that scare the shit out of me because because I'm learning that I can uh, by 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 just having the willingness to 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 believe that that we're capable of doing something more than like waiting waiting for a, f- a phone call to kind of throw an opportunity your way. Right. Um, you know, I came out here originally. I I did a cross country road trip and came out here in ju- in July. July. Yeah. And I've pretty much been here since. I've gone back to New York a couple times. But I've I've pretty much been here like living with you guys and starting a whole new business model for my whole entire s- my life, myself and what I'm trying to do and it's completely different than than what I was doing before, but it's now as I can like kind of reflect on it, it's everything that I would have wanted to be doing anyways. But I was really scared to jump into it yeah. because it's just like, well, how do you get started? What do you do? Like, well, how do you, how do you like, 
decide that like once you have momentum going in one area that you're gonna like pull away from that and do it in this area and I don't know man it's uh it's so <coughs> it's so rewarding to have come out here and and started this thing with you guys um it's 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 awesome man it's yeah we've it's done really a we've happy. done a lot in the last well it's been nine months for me and Steve me and Steve started live at the lodge for I th- did I do a few episodes of Live at the Lodge without you? Like one or two with Taz did, or something? I think you did just like Live at your house. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so me and Steve have done 37 episodes of Live at the Lodge. That's wow. a weekly episode. I mean, that's each episode is an hour long. So that's, I mean, regardless of the <laughs> the Yelp rating that we would get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the content, like we've created over... Uh, I'm not even going to try to do the math, but well, 37 episodes, yeah, each an like hour long. Five and oh, a half I mean, months. Yeah, well, we've done a lo- definitely 40 hours plus of, like content. Yeah, for people to digest and have for free yeah, and yeah. to hopefully bring a little bit of joy into their life. And, um, and it's been quality stuff, too. I mean, it hasn't been we, – we've gotten better. Yeah. The, the coolest part about the world we live in and the world that is um, emerging – is that 75 years ago, to get your foot in the door to create recorded content, whether it be uh, moving picture or audio, was so expensive. It was only like a handful of corporations that could afford the equipment. Mm -hmm. And that was always like the gatekeeper, was like the amount of money it took to make a movie. You had to use film, and there was only so many people who knew how to curate film run and cameras run and cameras. Shit, yeah. And but we're now living in a day and age where this whole entire studio, which I'm sure the techies out there would have an opinion about everything we do and how it looks, regardless. But sure, uh, we've created a recording studio, a TV studio. We've made our own movie and TV show. Um, and we haven't had to partner with Universal or Sony or any of these major corporations who can afford it anymore. The entrance, the the entry level or the um, the gate, the gate to get in is no longer. And uh, I think that's so cool. And I'm so uh, excited and elated. I think a lot of creatives are like, "God, oh, it's so easy to make a record now. There's so many people making records and making." YouTube videos and making you know there's like so many people doing the thing, which is true, right? There's a lot more happening, and so to cut through that is, um, you can look at that as an obstacle. Mm-hmm. But I just I'm overjoyed that we're living in a day and age where like three Nimrods mm-hmm. can get up in an attic of a hundred year old lodge and like have fun together, be honest about who we actually are and talk about it and relate to whoever it is watching this, right? Like we don't know personally every single human being who's listening to this show or watching the live at the lodge episodes, but we are satiating an appetite for something for somebody who needs it. Yeah. And, um, it's just, I'm I'm constantly filled with gratitude when I think about how lucky we are to be living in 2020. Even even though we're going through what the world has the worst thing the world has experienced probably since World War 2. 
this is uh for me personally um because i'm not my obviously my heart is heavy for everybody affected by this don't get me wrong but we've managed to live in a situation and 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 put ourselves in a place where we can connect in real time to people who enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. We don't have to we don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to you know meet the right person in the coffee shop who's going to sign me to the right contract. It's like, no, we just like we got an idea. We've got art to give, we have um perspective to give and we can give it in real time to the people and 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 learning that process with you guys during this whole time has been like super cool to to have that opportunity and to to reflect back on at the end of this year and go damn dude we did yeah. like we've done over 40 hours worth of quality content for the world well this is well, the well 20th over episode that. of yeah. this too man 20th episode well over that so 60 and then plus the movies and the shows and just yeah. the time being up here the times we do this and they don't record correctly. Yeah. yeah or just, <laughs> or learning how to set up the space. Like totally. I've learned, I've had to learn all the back end tech of this mm-hmm. whole situation. And I've known kind of how, how it works and signal flow. And ca- I've been really interested in video and cameras for a while, but, uh, I am so elated, uh, that to, to be at the end of this year and to look back and be proud of what we've, we've done together and and uh yeah. i love you guys i appreciate you being here and um that that was my wife calling which means that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to end this podcast <laughs> um, give, give a little give a little ditty steve if you have one man about yeah tell us how you feeling about oh, 2020 no, I, I think the same thing as far as just being i'll say out of a sour situation globally and personally i think we've made the best out of it and mm-hmm. we've just tried to not hide and be sad for everything else to make us unmotivated i think we took it and we're like well let's do the little we can to be positive and bring something back out for us our esteem and other people and their esteem and try to just make any day better for anybody yeah that's all we can really do and i'm just grateful to do that with you guys and um look forward to continuing to do that yeah letting having it grow it is an interesting catch 22 just like having the world be operating as it is and to be coming out of all of it with a kind of positive mentality and a, and a feeling of growth and mm-hmm. like we've done something that's cool and we're for me personally I feel like my my creative voice is, is just uh, evolving and growing more and despite who listens to this or who patronizes anything that we put out into the world that's amazing that they're doing that in general because yeah, we're so you. far from where yeah. we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this is just the beginning of something so cool. We were talking about that today. Like twenty years from now, where are we gonna be? You know, like how, how silly are we gonna think we were when we were the mm. age that we are now? You know, like oh my god, remember when we were doing that at that level? Like, and not to say that we're gonna be like gigantic <laughs> superstars by any means, but we're gonna definitely have such a better grasp. Yeah, but even stuff. So even new still. Even right. if you go, I, I was doing this the other day. We were I was watching like early episodes of Live at the Lodge, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, like look, like that's different from what we're doing now. It's grown so it's much. It's grown I mean, a lot. Even the beginning uh, episodes of the podcast. Beginning episodes of the podcast, you're just the only way. In my personal opinion, this is the best way that I learn is doing, yeah, and learning from the mistakes and 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 kind of self filtering and going ah well I did this and I don't like that part of this right and 
but unless you're doing it, unless you're actively out executing, I don't, me personally, some people might, but I don't actively learn well unless I'm just out failing, I guess, is, sure. is really what it is. And and I'll, I hope in 20 years I'm continuing to fail right. because I'll be continuing yeah, to learn. Try, yeah. And I want to be continuing to try, too. And it might be this thing. It might be Live at the Lodge. It might be a whole array of different projects that I take on. But yeah, I've always felt like, I mean, kind of powerless. For many years, I felt powerless because I was just like, I felt like I was constantly waiting around for somebody to like unlock that door and open it for me. Go, hey, the, oh, you know, like, hey, it's Bonnaroo and we're going to put, you know, like, or hey, it's this festival that you should, you know. And granted, all those opportunities that I have have been amazing. But you're you're constantly like waiting around for those things yeah. to happen versus just creating the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it has felt like in the last nine months that I'm closer to driving that vehicle versus, right. you know, trailing it mm-hmm. by f- seven cars. Yeah. I think what's cool is that we are in the phase of now creating the content ourselves, which is such a huge step in and of itself. But uh, – we're also now just trying to craft it and make it good. Right. <laughs> so we're right, like, we're, right, be, right, we're right. we've surpassed like the, okay, let's like, let's, let's take on the, this pursuit to create content. Let's try to do something. We're doing that now. And now we're in the process of, of just doing it well. And that's going to come from time and come from doing it. So that's why I say like, thank you to everybody who's paid any attention to yeah, any of this thank stuff you at all, because you. it's such a trial and error thing you know <laughs> we're not sitting here saying that we're good at any of this stuff we have no, no idea what we're, we're really even doing we're just diving in and that's so cool well i think yeah but <laughs> what we've what we've had to do because we've had no real money behind any of this stuff besides our patreon family and then the, the little bit that i've had saved up from previous tours we've we've all become on our own producers directors editors um audio techs like we've thrown this all together and learned this all ourselves yeah uh we've had to we've been forced to this pandemic has forced us to do that and thank god because like if it were different i don't know if i would have learned in the same way that i've had to be i've totally. had to learn totally if you asked me even in march if i was going to know how to run like a TV studio cockpit. I've right. been like, what are you talking about? What are you talking? Why would I need to learn that? Yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. 20, 20, so then 20 years from now, I want us all to look back and, and give each one of ourselves a high five right now and be like, thanks for setting that shit up for us, guys. Oh, right. I'll be haunting this attic for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be dead? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super dead. <laughs> yeah, I'll be no, <laughs> no stuff. Um, thank you to everybody who has uh, has listened and supported us and, and given us your time. Uh, we love you. We hope you're well. Um, and uh, we hope you stay tuned. 2021. 2021, baby. Make it your own, kids. Make it your own. <laughs> love you guys. Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire live at the lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge.